0: This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. Oh, he loves the fire and what a goal. This is the Half Time Show with Umar Duri on Pulse 95. Nice try. Salam and welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar al I'm your host covering everything sport, international, local. This is the home edition on Pulse95. Hope you're blessed and having a great Saturday wherever you are around the world, whether you're tuned in on 95FM, Pulse95Radio.com, our very own app, Charger Broadcasting Authority, or even if you're in the comfort of your very own home, listening to us on the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or SoundCloud, the Halftime Show is about to kick off now. If you checked out one of our previous shows, we had Ishtar Azawi, the world champion in jiu-jitsu. What a show it was. And because of that, we've had a lot of requests to get her back on, but this time covering a different topic. Now, we, ha- we are covering a lot of things this time in the home edition, speaking to you uh, live on Pulse95. And today, we're speaking about body shaming, aesthetics versus performance, closing negativity, and the pressures of being on the world stage and Ishtar was absolutely fantastic in the show so I'm so glad we're going to present this to you today on Pulse 95 radio remember guys you can catch us every Monday Wednesday and Saturday three to four the halftime show is about to kick off so make sure you're ready because it's going to be a great show on the only place to be at three the halftime show on Pulse 95 this is the halftime show Omar Aduri. Oh, on Pulse oh. 95. 95. 95. Oh, he lifts the and what the goal? This is the halftime show with Omar Aduri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! salam and welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I'm your host covering everything sport, international and local. Hope you're having a blessed day wherever you're tuned in around the world. And on my show today, I'm delighted to welcome Ishtar Azawi. Ishtar, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Omar, for having me. Ishtar, now, being
0: an athlete, there comes a lot of pressure with that. One of the things is having to look a certain way. Talk to me about um, body shaming in the sport of jiu-jitsu and, uh, and being an athlete in general um Mm
1: -hmm.
0: in in your career you've obviously fought at different weight classes is that right or have you fought at the same weight class
1: no i've i've fought at different weight classes so i've fought in um under 70 uh, kg when i first started and uh, now i'm in the over 70 which is between 70 to 90 kg
0: okay and and how many weight classes by the way are there in the women's division is that four or how many
1: yeah, I think it's four uh-huh. at the moment, and I think men have four or five, I'm not sure.
0: Right. And what, what is the stigma behind body shame when it comes to females competing in sport?
1: Yeah, so this is the thing, Omar, it's, it's quite funny because when I first started sports, I was I was actually quite skinny, and um, I uh, I still have photos of me in, in my kimono, and I look at them and I think, wow, I was... I was looking really good back then you know mm-hmm. but when i think about competing and performance it wasn't it wasn't adding up and during the years you know i, I decided to step up and go to another uh, category because i just wasn't performing well in mine i needed to build muscle i needed to eat better you know and what category machine. was that um that was over 70.
0: okay so over 70 kilos yeah And what's the bracket in that category? So what's the heaviest you can be?
1: 90 kg.
0: Wow. Okay. So if you're fighting at 70 kg, you might be facing someone in terms of managing your weight and being able Mm -hmm. to control that person's weight for 20 kilos heavier.
1: Exactly. And see, this is what happened. I I was, I was performing good, but it was a lot of pressure. And when you go into a, a competition and you have around four or five fights, You want to be able to have enough energy to go into another fight and another one. So I decided to start getting stronger, get a bit bigger and be able to dominate better, you know, and it works really well. So aesthetics for me wasn't the most important thing at all. Of course, everyone wants to look great, you know, Mm. Um, but the most important thing for me was the performance so everything that I did building up to those competitions were purely for my performance and I think a lot of people have a misconception maybe it's the media or magazines or Instagram that you know real athletes are supposed to look like fitness models and that's the biggest garbage I've ever come across in my life Absolutely. but then again being someone who didn't come from a background of fitness or, or sports, I believed that I was supposed to look like that.
0: Yeah, because the and, pressure was um, on, right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah definitely. When I was in crowds and socializing and, and someone would introduce me as a fighter, I could tell by the looks that I was getting like people were a bit confused. That's so I just looked like plain Jane, you know? Yeah. So I think um, that really plays on my psychological side of things. And uh, I think I also didn't like to talk about it either. You know, it it was something that I was hiding and I didn't want to talk about. And I was trying really hard to perform and look a certain way. And it was just too much unnecessary pressure. So later on, I had to make a, a decision what was more important to me. Yeah, and, um, you know um, something, that you,
0: something that you said in terms of like mm-hmm. when you realised you had to, to get stronger where was the turning point when you realised you had to get stronger
1: um, I think it was definitely in competitions uh, I, I was performing really badly I had really bad grips my legs were dying on me I wasn't doing any sort of weight training because I don't, I had this thing of I don't want to get bulky Right. You know, and I was new to jujitsu. I was a white belt, and I saw what some of the black belts looked like. And for me, you know, I just thought, oh, well, I don't want to look like that because it's not seen as feminine. Right.
0: Know? And that's and another. That's gonna... another thing you have to tackle in terms of mm. still remaining like feminine, but also competing. Mm. There's always a thin line yeah. around the Middle East and the region where you have to also look a certain way to satisfy that region.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, back then I was very naive and I wasn't I, I was I wasn't educated when it comes to sports, you know. Later on, I started to realize, you know, it really depends how much weight training you do and and those people that looked a certain way were trying to look like that. It wasn't by accident. Yeah, I, I, I know that I look a bit bulkier, but I have some pretty awesome medals hanging on my uh, (laughs) wall so it's a good exchange.
0: Coming up next we talk to Ishtar about aesthetics versus performance and how educating herself in competition has helped her reach the level she's at today.
1: This is The Halftime Show with Omar Adouri.
0: This is the Halftime Show with Umar duri on Pulse 95. Nice strike. Oh, better than nice. Wonderful. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Salaam and welcome back to the Halftime Show with Umar duri I'm your host covering everything sport, international and local. This is the home edition here at Pulse 95. And I'm delighted to have Ishtar Azawi, a dear friend of mine, a beast in the gym and a competitor at the highest level ishtar welcome to the show hello hello ishtar now before the break we spoke about um aesthetics and we spoke about how you looked and how you fought a a lighter weight class but since Mm. obviously gaining the strength and gaining the weight it's helped you also manage your performance levels um talk to me more about performance and how it's changed drastically since you have added that to your arsenal
1: yeah so I, I just want to touch on something really important that other competitors should really take into consideration is having to constantly worry about those three four kilos that you need to cut for your competition is just an extra bit of worry that you don't you don't need and they always say in jiu jitsu, your first competition is cutting that weight and just the amount of stress that goes into it is just so unnecessary. I mean, I feel before competitions, I feel amazing because I know I don't have to cut that weight. You know, that is number one. My mind is clear. Now, all I have to focus on is my, my, my competitor, yeah. you know, whereas before I, before competitions, I was thinking, Oh my God, I can't do this. And I can't do that. and I have to cut the weight or what I'm checking my weight. And that's just extra stress. And it really does. Uh, make a difference in your performance yeah. and also of course uh, strength wise i i didn't feel that i had the strength once i started to build strength and not have to worry about being a certain weight i felt more relaxed i felt confident i felt strong i felt like you know what there's nothing that i'm you know i'm working so hard in terms of strength in terms of technique Uh, i'm i'm relaxing my mind because you know performance isn't just about your physical abilities your mental ability you know to switch off so i felt that was a massive burden off my chest yes um and and i think most of my performance was being able to just switch off and focus on the game on fight night
0: you know yeah and i love how comfortable you are about talking about weight because normally Mm. women don't like sharing that information and men shouldn't be asking that in your sense you're competing and you've got this this thing where you don't have to worry about it because obviously now you've kind of um you've kind of adapted and developed your mindset to be able to accept that that's not something you want to face anymore in terms of being one of the first things you have to tackle in jujitsu
1: yeah that's true
0: yeah.
1: also I think um, when it comes to weight men shouldn't ask but they do Omar and, and I feel that being in the sport that I'm in men like to um, and I don't say men in, in, it, like, in general but the few that I've come across yeah is they like to pick out your flaws so right. I will get comments like oh you don't look like an athlete well you don't have six pack you look a bit on the fat side and then will openly say this just to make me feel insecure because they feel insecure that I might be able to choke them out. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know, <laughs> you know and guess, and this there in. is a lot, but is there a lot of ego in there?
1: There is, there is, there's a lot of ego. And, and you know, when I first started this sport, I would walk around and introduce the sport that I do before my name. <laughs> yeah. But now I, I don't even talk about the sport, but you know, someone will mention, Oh, you know, uh, she does this sport. And men will just jump up and try to challenge me. You know, you think you could choke me out? Do you think you could do this? Do you think you're stronger than me? Do you think that if me and you were in a fight you would win?
0: Yeah. That's just, the alpha. You know, right?
1: It is, of course. Yeah. But you know, when men start to feel all look, I've come across it with men mostly, so I'm not trying to generalize here. But when men do come across a strong woman, they tried to pick at my insecurities and I've come across it so many times that it's just become and honestly you know it, this is what led me to start binge eating I was I had a massive binge eating problem because I would be like whatever I'd go home and be like oh my god you know and that did play into my psyche mm-hmm. It's you know?
0: really interesting coming up next we talk to Ishtar about fueling the mind and the body and how she's now working on the balance to be able to get maximum um, achievements in the current sport this is the Halftime Show with Omar and Duri on nineteen ninety-five. This is the Halftime Show with Umar al on Pulse95. Nice strike! Oh! Better than nice! Wonderful! Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Salam and welcome back to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I'm your host covering everything sport international and local. This is the home edition on Pulse95. And I'm delighted to welcome Ishtar Azawi on the show. Ishtar, what's up? hey (laughs) are you staying safe ishtar i am
1: i'm staying home and safe
0: good ishtar now talk to me about we've spoken about body shaming we've spoken about aesthetics versus performance we've spoken about weight classes now one of the things that you do try to strike in the right way is a balance when it comes to fueling the brain and fueling the body how, how have you managed that so far
1: um So, you know, I I have a lot of friends, we all share the same problem, Um, fight night. So, I I used to have a really bad uh, nerves problem. Um, I'd go into competitions and I would like, have a sort of panic attack in the middle of my fight. And um, my professor remembers there's been so many occasions that I've tapped out to zero submissions. I'm not being submitted, but I will tap out just because I would just be so anxious and nervous. And, so and I have to work a lot on my mind. No, no. Okay. I mean, of course I've been tapped out out of being tapped out right, <laughs> many right. times. Yeah, But there have been occasions where I've tapped out or just given up mentally in the middle of the fight and you can see it. Um, and I, I feel that it took a long time and a lot of work on myself to be able to get out of that and when i did get out of it i i just felt like it was a switch you know i, I suddenly turned on the light and i was like oh wow okay so uh, this is it and i think i had a lot of self-doubt in myself and it was a lot of confidence you know yeah um and i think one of the reasons why i felt more confident was i went into that gym And I said, no one's gonna outwork me. I'm gonna work hard, you know? And I was putting in the hours, I was putting in the work and in my head, I was just saying, you know what? My opponents both have arms and legs like me. There's nothing more that God's given them, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And I do believe hard work does beat talent. There's a lot of talented people. I'm not a talented fighter, Omar. I work hard, hard, you know? Yeah. I'm not as talented. I'm, I'm very clumsy.
0: (laughs) Uh, No way. Really?
1: I'm extremely clumsy. Yeah. I'm, I'm known as the clumsy one in, in my weightlifting gym. Um, they call me awkward George. So, (laughs) uh, George, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So I, but I work hard, you know, and I work harder than the guys, um, twice as hard just to be able to get on that level. And when I saw how hard I was working, I just knew that there is no way. At that point, it's who wants it more, you know? And I wanted it so bad.
0: Yeah, that's really, you know, I was just thinking about it and I'm thinking, surely you gain respect when you work as hard as you do. And then people will reduce the doubt, which will then also help in like your performance. So it's kind of like a chain reaction.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Of course, really yeah.
0: Um, and then yeah. in terms of like, you know, expectation now, is there more expectation because, mashallah, you've achieved so much. You've won the world championship. You've represented at the highest level. How do you manage your expectations from this point onwards?
1: I mean, to be honest with you... I, I, I see myself, and I think even when I'm a black belt, I will still see myself as an amateur compared to a lot of people that I respect in the game. And I, I don't believe that for me, I don't do it for the medals anymore. Maybe I did in the beginning when I first started, you know. But once I did get to the point of, I think for me it was the world championship, um, getting on that podium and just having like my one dream come true of becoming a world champion, no matter what belt it was at. Um, I think after that, it wasn't about the medals because I went home and I felt exactly the same. I didn't feel like I was some sort of superhero. <laughs> um, although I did walk around with my medal for about a week. Uh, so after that, I think um, I think I just, it wasn't about the medals. It was about pushing myself and challenging myself. And that's why I want to fight more, more, outside the country, in different federations, and challenge myself a bit more, you know? Um, And and that's, for me, the most important thing. Pressure, it's it's gonna happen, you know, but I'm not trying to please, I'm not a crowd pleaser, you know, of course I want to please my country and get great performance for them and medals, but right now, for me, I want to go out there and challenge myself with the best. I want to be able to fight with the best and you know if i make a mistake i go home go back to the lab work on it go back out there i love winning certain competitions but i want to win at the best competitions as much as i can you know and that's just putting myself out there
0: that's brilliant and also the 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 way you're (laughs) speaking now compared to when you were talking about you know the earlier phases where mentally you tap out rather than physically it shows that mm-hmm. you're not scared to put yourself in the fire to be able to get something out of it rather than lose something
1: yeah it's a mental thing it's this whole journey of jiu-jitsu or whatever sport you're in the only thing that will stop you is your ego so yeah. if you're afraid to lose you're gonna lose because you're more you're thinking more about the crowd than you know your personal achievements so if i sit there and think about the pressure of what people want you know everyone wins and loses but it's just how you do it you know so i'm not going to win every competition it's not possible yeah i have to lose in in order to grow and, and become better you know and um yeah
0: and and start having won and lost You know, um, do you have like the sense of visualization that's quite strong now of how it feels like to win?
1: Yeah, of course.
0: (laughs) I like the way you said that. You know, it's funny.
1: (laughs) You know, it's funny, Omar, because I love to win, but there's something about losing and then winning after that, you know? Yeah. If I'm going to be completely honest and speak out loud, you know, which I do a lot, is sometimes I... I sort of do want to lose a competition so I can just get that feeling back in the next competition. It's like a, it's like a drug addiction,
0: mm, does you, it make you hungry? I,
1: it does. It mm-hmm. makes me hungrier. Winning is great, but you leave there feeling a bit too relaxed and a bit too, you can go back to your academy and, and you know, maybe not work as hard because you're not as hungry, you know, and that's dangerous. Yeah. You have to always stay hungry, and know that someone else out there wants to take that medal off you. But the feeling is what I'm talking about. That feeling of maybe having lost a couple of competitions and winning and winning another competition and it's knowing it's not luck. I didn't win by luck. I won because I worked really hard. There's nothing like that feeling. I can't even describe it.
0: That's, you know, it's also interesting. And this is maybe because it's the sport but in jujitsu when you do lose um, is it something that you can identify of the skill that how you lost do you know what i mean like it's Mm -hmm. something that in the manner that you lost you think okay now i need to work on my defense when it comes to that skill is that something that you attribute to this the sport jujitsu yes of course
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: you know Um, like in football sometimes if someone has a shot from far and it goes in the top corner people say oh well i mean he could have saved it but when it comes down to yeah. you two and you lose a certain way, whether it's an armbar or a choke or whatever, the way it got to that manner, you can identify mm. the steps of how it happened and then say, right, I'm going to stop Oh, that yes.
1: 100%. And and most of the time, it's not me. It's my professor who's watching. Yeah. Who will take us back to the gym. And if I got submitted in a certain way or I missed the submission in a certain way, like I was supposed to submit someone and I, I didn't get it. He will make us do that move to the rest of the month like every single day right nice you repetition repetition times. repetition repetition yeah
0: nice. that's it you know very yeah. cool very cool well ishtar thank you so much for your time it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the halftime show again i'm sure this no, will be the last time me. and uh and uh, you know honestly it's uh, it's fun just just being able to get more from you because obviously your experiences and and a lot of things can help a lot of people realize that these things are okay to have and embracing mm-hmm. them and detaching yourself from the stigma that we live in can actually help you in the long run in terms of longevity.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I think the whole uh, body shaming and binge eating needs to show on its own, you know, because it's such a broad and big subject.
0: Yeah, no, and I think so, and I think so too, and that opens up the the, the part three trilogy, Omar and Star on the Halftime Show coming up very, very soon. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Remember, you can catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday, three to four, on the only place to be at three, the Halftime Show on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 3 p.m.